0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Greetings one, greetings all, welcome to yet another episode where we talk about independent music and people that care about it, people that create it, people that play it, document it, all of those things in the name of punk, hardcore, metal, indie, emo, whatever it is, that is what we cover here. Thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast and trust me. I know a lot of people just like throw those platitudes out there, but I genuinely do appreciate it because uh, I'm just, I don't know, I'm feeling very uh, appreciative because I do see more and more people interacting with the podcast and I've got some fun info to share with you in a bit in regards to some live podcasts, but I'm just, I'm feeling a lot of of love and I, I genuinely do appreciate you spending time with the show week after week. And this week, of course, is no exception to the rule. I don't have any sleeper guests on here. I mean, I've done like 10 years worth of episodes. You think I would have had one? There's probably one. There's, there's one. I can point to one, but I'm not going to out that person. It was just, you know, not that engaging in the chat, but that's neither here nor there. I am talking to Devin Swank from Sanguisa Bog. Sangu- Sanguisabog. Sanguisabog which of course for those of you that are just like completely dying hearing me mispronounce the band's name that's that's their vibe that's what they got going on but they just released a new record on Century Media that is astonishingly good i love this band i love what they do it's a great combination of you know metal hardcore death metal like they just have so many cool influences and I, I've never seen them, but I'm very very, very excited to see them at some point in the near future. And they're they're road dogs. And uh yeah, you just need to absolutely encounter the band in order to really drink in all that they have going on. And uh, yeah, I was excited to have Devin on the show because uh, I've been a fan of the band and uh, got presented the opportunity. So that is why we are discussing what they have going on and just who Devin is a human being because he's, uh, he's an interesting dude. So I was very, very pleased to have that chat. But some exciting things going on in this side of the microphone. First off, I am doing my first ever live podcast here in the United States of America. For those of you keeping score, I did some live podcasts at a music festival last year in the UK called Outbreak Fest, and it was so much fun. So I was personally looking for a cool fest here in the States that it makes a lot of sense to do. And I mean, while I could very much look in the backyard of where I live in regards to the Sound and Fury Festival you know, helped put it on for a couple years. I was like, you know what, I wanted to, you know, kind of export it because I really like a lot of other scenes across the country. Anyways, very excited to be doing live podcasts at the LDB Fest. And for those of you that are not in the know, you can go to ldbfestival.com, find a place where you can purchase some tickets. But uh, they actually sold out once before, but we're able to release a handful of tickets, which if you act quickly, like literally when this podcast is published, you might be able to find a few tickets. But um, I'm doing live podcasts there, they were able to figure out a sort of little stage scenario. And I'll be having some chats with people that are playing the fest, you know, whether it's Terror, Knocked Loose, or Coyo, Like, there's so many good bands. And I've watched this festival from afar, never been able to attend it. It's in Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville, as uh, the people who live in the city. I'm always going to call it by its wrong name because I do not live in the city. So I'm going to call it Louisville. And uh, that's just the way that it's going to be. But, anyways, very excited. And huge shout out to Colin, Alex, Julia, and Ryan who put on the festival for inviting me. It was just, uh, yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to do it. So that's uh, March 17th and 18th in Louisville, Kentucky. And I am so excited to go there. So pay attention to the social media platforms and you'll get uh, an announcement as far as who I'm going to be interviewing and what I'll be doing at the festival. I mean, obviously I'll be interviewing them, but you get the point. Anyways. You can always email the show 100 words podcast at gmail.com. Leave a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts. It costs zero dollars and it takes you maybe 30 seconds. I would very much appreciate it. And you can also leave a rating on Spotify that takes you like five seconds. I mean, I'm just saving you time at this point, <laughs> but uh, it helps out the show tremendously. And, um, yeah, you just, you just, I, I appreciate it. I just appreciate all the things that you bestow upon this podcast and me personally. I, I, yeah, I just, I feel humbled and I know that this sounds really stupid, but anyways, let's talk to Devin. Like I said, Sanguisa Bog, Guisa Bog. Anyways, I'm completely butchering the band's name as I tried it. So ever so violently at the top of the show. But uh, like I said, they just released a new record on Century Media Records in early February. So like probably about a week and a half or so ago. Uh, It crushes it. Honestly, it's just really, really good. And I highly encourage you check it out. So let's get to know Devin a little bit because I had never spoken to him before. And we get to know each other over this podcast and we get to know why he is who he is as a human. Sometimes I, I say these things that are very grandiose, and I'm like, do we really, will we ever really know people as a human? But anyways, here's Devin, and uh, just listen to a little sanguisa bog as we head into the interview. And I want to say that Decibel was the first place that I really, uh, was aware of the band. I mean, I had seen the name kind of, you know, appear on flyers and social media and stuff like that. And admittedly, as a, uh, person who got into independent music via punk and hardcore, uh, death metal is selective for me. There are certain bands where I'm just like, love them. And other bands I'm like, yo, this is silly and over the top. And I put you in that camp initially (laughs) where I was like, what, what the hell's up with this band? But then, once I saw the work that you put in, and the fact that there was, you know, a clear intention to why you were presenting yourself as such, uh, and then obviously once you started to, you know, work with Century Media and put out a decent amount of music, and I was like, oh, these guys are, you know, not just a quote unquote joke brand. Not like you were completely in that camp for me, but. I'm sure a lot a lot of what you have experienced within the band has been some mixture of that where people are like should I take this seriously should I not take this seriously like where does this sit <laughs> how does uh how does that kind of sit with you as I describe uh, that uh, journey for myself because I'm sure I'm not the only one that has felt some shade of that
2: for sure yeah um, you know we don't take any offense to it at all uh, you know we we do let our personalities shine and you know, uh, all of us in the band are very, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek, joking. You know, type of people. We're all we all try to like out-funny each other and uh, try to get someone to laugh in the band. You know, so much to where their belly hurts. But uh, sure, uh, you know, as far as like uh, music and you know being professional and and touring, it you know it's all it's all business. You know, from uh, you know the uh, sound check, you know loading in. Uh, to tearing down, you know, we, it, we're so quick at it now. It's, it's been, you know, like second nature to us. And, you know, we do take our music, uh, definitely to a serious level, you know, as far as like a uh, lyrical structure, it's, it's nothing like I really actually indulge in, you know, it's not like fanaticisms or anything like that. So, uh, it's definitely, comes from a place of just being, um, Bizarre And uh, taking inspiration from like a lot of uh, other bands prior to us and, and like horror films and things such, such as that. But, you know, uh, I think, uh, ideally, we're just more ignorant than I would say that we're, we're funny, you know, we, we don't, there's some parts and aspects that we don't take too seriously, because if we did take it too seriously, then it would also hurt our feelings. Like when we get negative feedback or anything like that too, or if things weren't to go right by any means, you know, then we would, it could be detrimental to some, you know, people like us, but for us, it's all, it's all just about having fun. You know, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily we're a joke band or anything like that. We're not like guar where we're spraying blood on people and decapitating Hillary Clinton or, uh, Right. You know, um doing uh using props or anything like that, but right. You know, as far as like uh the way we like to come across, we like to come across as, you know, people that you could always chill on uh, your sectional with and hang out and have a few laughs with, you know, we don't want to be we don't want the persona of being some kind of like uptight uh metal elitist or snob or anything like that
1: right and honestly i do i completely follow along with your trail of logic and i do think that is why people have paid attention to you so quickly because there is this element like i mean metal in and of itself is a uh, sometimes a very silly genre even though the bands take it you know dead seriously with their presentation of whether it's you know obviously dressing up in corpse paint or you know bullet belts or vikings or whatever like whatever element of it but just the fact that you guys are like we wear we wear real clothes we talk about weed a lot and we also like to be funny like it's you know i I think that's to your point it does let you guys shine as human beings and though like oh yeah like we are we are who we are and it's contained within this you know music which is cool
2: yeah. 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 You know, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look good and, and leather. I don't, I don't <laughs> like wearing leather or anything like that anyway. So yeah, right. That's you're like, <laughs> we, we tried at the very
1: beginning, but I just couldn't fit it. So we tried a different angle, yeah, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. Then I realized I was wearing a dead cow. and was like, uh,
1: <laughs> let's find something else here. But, right. Right. Uh, I, and I, I do think that there also is the element, like I, um, It was funny, I had a a friend who I like to call a civilian, which is a person that you can almost imagine, like doesn't really have context for our, you know, punk, hardcore metal scenes or whatever. And I showed him your band. And he definitely was just like, first off, like, every person is like, how the hell do you say this band, but, oh, they're good. And I was like, I knew he would like this. And I, I think it is that element of you open the door with the music and obviously the presentation of it. But then there is that more people feel more attached to you because again, you are real humans that are playing this and not just like some artifice.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we, uh, we get you in and, you know, with the, the music and as far as like the aesthetic, there's really, there's really no play on the aesthetic. It's more so just, uh, us, You know, we're, uh, small town folk who just like to have a few laughs and, you know, we're, we're regular people. I'm the type, you know, I outside of, you know, playing death metal, I've coached like youth football and stuff too. So we're (laughs) very, very average Joe, you know, uh, type of lifestyle with all of us, you know, even one of our guitar players, he's a, he's a family man, um, you know, I, my, my girlfriend has a, a, a degree in liberal arts, so I, right. couldn't, I couldn't be big, tough, scary, killing women, uh, death metal guy, even if I, even if my heart desired to be so. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, this doesn't, this is a character if I do this and this is no way, shape or
1: form attached to me. So yeah, I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, we'll dive more into that a little bit later, but I want to focus on you as a person Were uh, you actually born and raised in Columbus or where did you come up?
2: So I was born in Reynoldsburg, Ohio, which is, uh, it's just East of Columbus. It might as well just be Columbus, about 20 minutes outside of the city. Uh, very small town. Um, you know, I, uh, I grew up there. I, Played football there. Was you know really heavily into sports. Um, You know I was uh, very close with my family and stuff too. You know my parents stuck together as long as they could. They didn't separate until I was like seventeen. Spent a lot of time with my grandparents. So they 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 were the two people that reared me. You know and brought me up and taught me how uh, to be a, a good person. You know and they didn't listen to metal at all, but. My, my, my dad, my love for the kind of music I like, you know, definitely came from my dad. My dad would listen to like Black Flag and uh, Sepultura, Obituary, um, some early like Morbid Angel and stuff too. And, you know, I kind of latched onto that like at a very, very early age. I remember being a kid and uh, I would hear like a, you know, a, a Chevy truck commercial and it would have like a distorted guitar, like a little break. And I would just be like, man, it'd be cool if like one of the growly dudes like sang on that, you know, with the along the commercial. And um, and I was like 12 or 13. We had uh, these two kids that lived down the street from me and they did. Uh, they were in a Christcore band. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I they didn't have like a vocalist or anything at the time. So I I decided to wing at it and uh, I sucked. I was horrible. So they, they they clearly didn't go with me, but that was like my first exposure to trying to see if I can uh, do vocals or anything like that. And, you know, um, I didn't really get too much into that until I was uh, like 16 or 17 is when I started going to shows, met people my age that, played instruments had similar interest and I was always trying to start like a, a grind core or, or death metal band and you know things didn't really take much notice until I got into this band you know about well it'll be four years we've been a band here in a couple months that's incredible
1: uh, kind of going back in regards to uh, so are you, do you have uh, brothers and sisters you an only child
2: uh, I have a I have a little sister. Um, okay. Yep, and she's uh, she's cool. Uh, she's got she's got two kids, and uh, one one's Eli and one's Parker. And I'm really I'm really close with them. I spoil the hell out of them anytime I see them. And uh, her her oldest Eli, I remember babysitting him, and I was listening to Autopsy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I gave him his bottle, and the kid was body banging like he was like. <laughs> rocking back and forth to the beat, and I was like, "Oh, he's getting it! He's getting it!" Like, uh, th- we got a future rocker on our hands. Look at this kid! And uh, yeah, every time he sees me, he calls me. It's funny. He, he he can't get a lot of words right, but he calls me Dunkle, and oh, uh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I <love laughs> right? It. I love it. So, anytime he sees me, he's like, "What's up, Dunkle?" Like that. And He gives me the horns and stuff. He's only uh, he's only three years old so he's still dude uh, that's that's incredible yeah (laughs) i just i love
1: like kids attaching themselves, especially like the role that you were playing where it's just like you know it's so sick to be able to be like the cool uncle and just you know be i mean sure obviously as he gets older you can you know take him into golfing and you know take him to his first show or whatever but just i I love that idea like he's probably going to call you the uncle for
2: the rest of his life which is awesome yeah yeah i I mean i i'd hope so i'd yeah, bummed if he called me anything else. And yeah, that's <laughs> that's the thing too is like uh you know playing a lot of DIY shows. We've we've been lucky to play a lot of like all age shows, like shows you know the kind of shows that I was going to as a kid. And um we on the Terror tour that we did last year, Cody brought his uh, brother, his little brother, who was who's you know only ten years old. Mm-hmm. And he stood behind the drum kit while we were playing. And he was like, Devin, you guys had 31 stage divers your whole set. <laughs> and I was like, you counted? He was like, yeah. And I was like, that's so cool, dude. I, love <laughs> I was that. like, why didn't you I- jump out there? We would have tossed you like a beach ball. It would have been cool.
1: that's so cool i love the the kid logic of like i'm gonna count every stage dive that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) and so uh with the most people that have toured or you know visited columbus like it's not exactly the you know hub of activity in regards to um you know, cultural touch points, it's like, oh yeah, you know, kind of a typical Midwest town and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What was your experience, uh, I guess, growing up in Columbus and the surrounding area? I know you said, obviously you have a close relationship with your parents and grandparents and that sort of idyllic, uh, you know, uh, household uh, as far as you being raised, but were you, and like you said, you were into sports. I imagine that was kind of what you were pouring yourself into in elementary school and junior high.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, football was uh, my first love and then I got into wrestling at, in, in the fifth grade and ended up uh, doing a little bit of collegiate wrestling. That um, was, you know, I was really good at it. That was like my first thing I ever uh, really uh, got into. And, you know, my my parents and my family around me, like really rode that into me, you know, to, Hey, you got a, you got a chance to make something of this. So I put, I devoted everything I had into it. I made sure I, I made good good enough grades to play sports every year, and you know I really applied myself to that. And it's it's cool because like I, I feel that way now because uh, you know I don't I don't like to half ass anything. You know if uh, if our band needs anything done, I try to I try to blow expectations and put all of me a- into something that I'm doing because in return I could get what I want and more. And, uh, that's, you know, very sick, man. You know, I, I, I used to strive, uh, for my parents, uh, not just their approval, but like their, their pride and their acceptance. Like that, I wanted them to be stoked that I was doing something. And it's, it's cool. Cause like, I, I've never seen my, my dad, my dad's, my dad's tougher than nails, man. He's a, he's a concrete dude. Like he, no, it shows no emotion, you know. Um, and <laughs> we uh we played a hometown show in you know back in November before we headed out to Europe, mm-hmm. and the, the show sold out like five minutes after door. It, it was, it was asses to help, it was packed. Mm-hmm. And my dad watched us, and you know, he was about to leave, and it's one of the first times ever, man. Like, he, he tears in his eyes, he was just. He told me he's proud of me, you know. So. Oh, dude. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Man, I even told him I was like, "Dad, I was like, my friends are here. I was like, I'm not trying to look soft right now." I was like, I was like "You need to wipe your right. eyes, dude. People are going to think we're, we broke up or something, you know, like yep. dude, Yeah, together old man. But uh, you know, that was uh that was definitely um a big uh I like to think of it as like a real recognized real moment, dude, because I I, I idolized my dad. He's a hardworking man, did everything he could to keep food on the table. Uh, Loyal man, you know, and stuck in the same field that he's been in since he was 17 years old and made a lot of him for for himself for being, you know, a high high school dropout. And he taught me uh, right from wrong. You know, he didn't even I didn't even know he dropped out of high school until after I was done with college because he didn't want it. He didn't want me to ever think that that was okay you know right that was like an option for you yeah, yeah exactly so i yeah, that's also really- my football coach for like the longest time too so you know i always that's always wanted to so be cool. proud of me
1: yeah no that's re- i i i think that's really cool that especially too when you have those like full circle moments to where whatever it is you're participating in whether it's sports bands, art whatever the moment that you have your parent recognize that you're doing something that you're passionate about, and you reach some level of success or whatever. It's like that's you know that's it. You're just like, all right, cool. We can
2: we can quit now. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> yeah, I told uh, I told told my pops I want to be the I'm going to try to be the second most famous swank.
1: Let's talk about our friends at Rockabilia.com. They are amazing partners of the show, and I want to give you a discount. off your entire order by using the promo code 100 words or less they have so much stuff (laughs) in regards to band merch they actually started stocking vinyl like i tripped across this is so exciting the first afi 7 inch called dork there is some limited edition repressings that they've started to do and rockabilly has an exclusive glow in the dark color deep cut afi dork 7 inch holy moly i didn't even know that it existed but That's the sort of stuff that you can get into when you go to rockabilly.com. It's all officially licensed merch. That means bands get paid and you will be able to get high quality band merchandise shipped to you wherever you live. It's just, it's easy. It's a win, win, win scenario. As long as you use this promo code 100 words or less, it gets you all the merch you need for yourself, for your friends, your family. I don't care what style of music you're into. You want a limited edition typo negative shirt? Sure. They got that for you. Or how about a cradle of filth? limited edition valentine's day set they got it all so go to rockweather.com promo code homers less and enjoy shopping the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. we all carry around different things that stress us out right like maybe it's something really really small like man that parking space it's always taken and i wish that i would be able to like get it instead of you know this person that maybe you know is the most courteous and considerate describe the uh, work ethic scenario in relation to you know sports and then looking at how they can develop that at a younger age and then be able to apply it to things that you know are obviously are not sports Um, especially with what you're talking about like football and wrestling clearly those are both physical sports and there is that element especially when you're talking about punk hardcore metal where it's like oh dude, you know, don't, don't be a jock. Like, (laughs) like there's a real dividing line. I know it's less now than it used to be. Um, but as you started to get into subculture and stuff like that, did you feel like you had to not turn your back on sports, but, um, you know, kind of make that less of a priority?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I learned real quick how, how different I was from a lot of other people. And, um, Mm. you know, I spent, uh, always listen to metal and, you know, just being, being small town folk, like it was, uh, you know, my friends growing up were really roughneck, and we, we kept, we kept in the same, you know, click same, same friend group for so long. I'm, I'm still friends with uh, a dude I've been friends with since I was seven years old. And, uh, you know, like outside of that, I, I, I found out like a lot of people were nerdy and then you then you meet like trust fund kids and stuff too and because you know they they go to art school they discover music and they're going to diy shows because it's hip or edgy and it's like and everyone's just from a different world man like i i grew up poor and didn't really have much like sports was like the only outlet that I, i i could see any potential in my life and you know when i found music and discovered shows i i fell just in love with that as i did uh any kind of sports and you know and Later on in life, you know, I've lived in punk houses and stuff like that. And I try to talk to friends and I'll be like, I'll never forget. I'm watching the Minnesota Vikings like on the TV at this punk house that I lived in. And my roommates like stormed in. They were like, there's no way you're watching football right now. And I was (laughs) like, like, yeah. And they were like that's a, that's pretty Republican of you. And I was like, no, it's not. I was like, I I was like, I'll watch it. I've I've watched it since I was a kid. Right. They're like, like, Oh, I hate that. You know, same same with uh, the first six week tour that we did. We, we, we went to Minneapolis on one of the dates and I was like, Hey, I know you guys probably don't care. I was like, you could drop me off or I can Uber, but I really want to go to, Uh, U.S. Bank Arena and see it, see the you know see the dome and stuff because I'm a big, big Minnesota Vikings fan and and they were like yeah yeah and I'm so stoked and I'm taking pictures I'm calling my dad like this and everyone else is just looking like dude it's cold I'm not having really the as fun as much fun as you and I was just like yeah I, I guess you're not you know I'm the only one in the band that. Still watches sports. Uh, still gets pretty uh, dedicated. You know, being being from Ohio in general, like it's uh, that's what pretty re- like reigns supreme here. Is uh, you know, collegiate sports and uh, football and even hockey. Like we don't even have a franchise team, but people are so like diehard into it. You know, if right. you, you bring up the Columbus Blue Jackets at any bar, uh, club, or anything in Columbus, like you'll have like people mob you and like ready to talk your ear off about them
1: right yeah that i that is a very quintessential midwest thing to you know attach attach yourself to sports or whatever but i i i like the idea and you mean you joked around previously in regards to you know christian metalcore christcore whatever you want to call it like that is also very midwestern as well so like it's amazing oh, yeah. that that was your <laughs> that was your first experience where it's like all right well yeah um sure i'll sing for i'll, I'll try to sing for this christian hardcore band
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was just at the time like i didn't i didn't have wheels and it was like just down the street so it's yeah. funny is like they they weren't they weren't christian but they they played those kind of shows and stuff because you know we were all like 13 and 14 it was you're not gonna you're not gonna play some kind of bar or venue at that age. So you're, you're lucky to play really anywhere outside of your, you know, practice spot. So, right. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't, necess- it wasn't a scene I got, I got into, you know, I got, uh, pretty young, you know, at, at like 13, I started going to the hardcore shows, you know, I saw I've, I've seen ringworm, uh, <laughs> Uh, pit boss even uh cold Cold as life and and stuff from like 13 to 15 and then um you know once i was able to drive i was able to go to like cleveland and cincinnati and see a lot of death metal shows i saw saw a cool like death metal show in columbus i remember it was like it was called scion fest so i got to see like immolation and napalm death cannibal corpse
1: Oh yeah. That's when they were, that's when Scion was uh, doing all those free shows and you were just like, wait, this feels like a scam. Like these bands are getting paid a ridiculous amount of money and I'm showing up to the show for free. Like, what is this?
2: Right. Right. Yeah. That, that, uh, that didn't make sense at all. And they, they hosted it at like, it was two different venues too, because they also stacked locals too. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they were just trying to squeeze every bit out of people that that they could at that show. And, Got uh, got to see some pretty cool uh, local bands, you know, and some people in those bands, like, they went on to do, uh, like, bigger things, too. Like, we had a – we had this crazy, like, kind of de- – they they were deathcore, but they were leaning towards more of the death metal side. They were called 1931, and they had uh, Devin Scheideker, who ended up joining Oceano and later on, like, the Acacia Shireen. Yep. And, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, John Rice from uh, Job for a Cowboy and the Red cord he played drums for him for a minute, too. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that actually
1: transitions nicely into a topic I was going to uh, talk to you about in regards to, as you start to get introduced to independent music, people feel like you have to attach yourself so specifically to one style of music. Again, that's becoming less prevalent where, you know, kids of a mixtape generation can be like, Oh yes, I like Drake and Morbid Angel or whatever. Um, but like for you personally, it seems like you were always dabbling with like anything heavy, whether it was, you know, like you said, ringworm and cold life. And then, you know, obituary or cannibal corpse or whatever. So you, did, did you feel any sort of, I guess, pull, from one or the other where it's like, Oh, I got to be a hardcore kid or I got to be a metal kid. Or did you just like not care? Cause you were going to all the shows.
2: Um, a little bit of both, man, you know, uh, later on in high school, I ended up getting really into, uh, a lot of like crust punk, um, bands like tragedy. Uh, his oh. hero is gone. Oh yeah. And, and then, you know, those were bands that were just hijacking like my brain for like the, the, the longest time, man, and uh, I, I, I just like really embraced like what they were, what they were singing about, like inner struggles and, um, you know, being broke, growing up, growing up poor, and not having anything, and just saying fuck it all, fuck everybody. And then, uh, you know, for a while, I remember brutal death metal just absolutely taking, taking its hold on me, and it was, it was just like if I don't hear the drums going, I don't want to hear it. And uh, I, I was kind of a snob just because I was such a nerd about the music. So when people would be like, "Oh, that, do you like that band? Do you like this band?" i be like, "No, nah, that band's weak." But um, I think as I get older, and you know, I have like a nostalgia. Like, let's let's throw let's throw this on for a throwback, or let's listen to this. I think as I got more into playing music and uh, doing like the inner workings of being in a band and also being involved in like the DIY scene and the ins and outs of like listening to everybody's band and doing merch and traveling and all that stuff. Uh, I've grown more of a love for all kinds of music, you know, and especially when we're on the road, like it's kind of easy to get burnt out on just death metal. So right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Smooth, smooth sailing uh, drives to like some post-rock stuff or, or uh, you know, things Things such as that or even you know old school hip-hop it's like that's usually like our go-to you know we when we're uh in the van because it's like man I, i've listened to the same death metal bands for like three weeks now i gotta i gotta listen to like project pat or something like we we gotta get something on now fast
1: right oh yeah you gotta you gotta decompress that's definitely yeah. uh it's definitely rough. <laughs> if you're just Yeah, and especially too, because clearly every venue you play across the entire world usually plays the style of music that is being played that evening. So it's like in between bands, like, all right, here's more aggressive music. All right, great. <laughs> can we yeah. can we be quiet, maybe? Maybe?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, you know, when whenever we headline we get to pick uh the playlist, um that, you know, the sound guy gets to play over the speakers and we have uh, all kinds of stuff like a lot of uh, trip hop and yeah some some hardcore punk uh, some just straight straight up metal and traditional metal like some shred guitar stuff that you know you're not going to hear out of us but just stuff that we like to kind of kind of ease the uh, brutal assault that you're getting to your ears every night. Yeah, absolutely. So, what, what was the
1: uh, you as a kid? I mean, it, it sounds like you were you know participating in uh, you know, sports. And did you care? Uh, I guess two questions did you care necessarily about school? And was there kind of a, a life path that was unfolding for you as far as hey, maybe do this as a job or a career and that sort of stuff?
2: Um, yeah, you know, I, I always wanted to be involved. Uh, with music as far as like a career standpoint. I even uh, ended up going to like a vocational school um, as well as my, my homeschool and high school for two years. Cause I was thinking like, Hey, if, you know, I could pick up some tips and a trade. And if I don't make it as like a touring in a touring band or anything, I could, uh, I could be a roadie, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I can learn something on the electric side or uh, you know, like, I, for a minute I was interested in being like a a personal bodyguard or like VIP protection and things like that.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Well that, I mean, yeah, there's a ton of, I mean, especially within, you know, punk and hardcore, Like there's been a ton of people that have, you know, graduated up to that where it's just like, Oh yeah. You know, I uh, watch out for Justin Bieber or whatever. (laughs) So yeah, it
2: makes sense. Yeah. And uh, you know, as, as far as school, um, I was so, You know, growing up, I was so uh, attention deficit ridden, you know, like I, it was, it was really hard for me to like focus because I'm being taught the same thing every day. It would be so easy for me to just daydream all the time. You know, Uh I did my work and I got by, you know, I flew, uh, flew under the radar um, where I impressed uh, anybody like in school was, you know, with sports and uh, that was my thing like I I, I did I, I tried but even trying like I I would say that I was doing you know just a s- couple steps above the bare minimum you know and make passing grades I didn't I didn't have anything that looked looked bad at all you know but uh I didn't I took uh I took school as more of like this is what I need to do to get by for now and then it and then uh you know, and lunch and some classes, it was more of like a, a social thing because I had, uh, I had like my rat pack with me all through high school. You know, it was the same like 10 people that sat at the table every day and they were waiting for me. And, it's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Still friends with, uh, a lot of them, man. Like, uh, and my friend, my friend Ricky, you know, he's, uh, He's even in, he's, he's in one of our music videos too. It's funny, but, uh, I, that, that's been a, a positive role model in my life. It, he's been like a older brother to me. He's got me into a lot of bands and we went to a lot of shows together growing up. I've known him since I was seven years old and still like, you know, I'll be 29. and still my best friend in the entire world. Incredible. And when you started to,
1: like you said, go to shows and really start to experience all that. And you said that you had this strong desire to, you know, try to play in a band or, you know, sing for a band or whatever. Did you, uh, did you try to play any instruments before that? And you were like,
2: nah, I'm terrible at this. I guess i will just try this. Or what was the vibe there? Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my parents ended up buying me like a Walmart, like, a first act guitar when i was really young and i learned uh i learned a f- few songs that everyone begins to learn on on a on a guitar like i learned uh 7 nation army and smoke on the water and the uh, you know the just your basic riff and uh iron man by black sabbath but a uh, more past that not not really anything i dabbled in drums a little bit too but you know, I, it it was I was so it was so hard for me to like sit still and learn something. You know, I I always had to keep moving and talk about this and then talk about that or learn this and learn that or do this and do that. Now, you know, I was so uh hyperactive
0: mm-hmm.
2: that I, I just couldn't imply, apply myself to something like that. And um, you know, I started uh I started my first band at uh, I was like 16, and um, you know, I, I moved back in with my my grandma and uh, my friend Dan, who I still talk to. He he lived uh, down the street from her. had a had a huge drum kit, and he was listening to bands like like Nile and uh, Dream Theater and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. So he was a uh, very very talented drummer still is. And, um, I was like, man, I, I just found the, the hardest person to find in a band. Like I, I think from here it'll be easy. So I remember going to a, it was a, it was a morbid angel, uh dark angel or uh not Mor- morbid angel, dark funeral. And, um, I think it was grave. They played my hometown of all places in some kind of like, uh, country, like bro bar. It was, it's, it's, it's like a frat bar. It's, it's weird. And I was, we were able to go, you know, even, even under the age of 18 and I, I found a kid named Kenny who was uh, like a year older than me and he played guitar. Wasn't all that good, but you know, we decided to hang out every week and try to start a band. And, you know, we put out like a makeshift demo and, made like a paper uh kind of digipack with it uh uh-huh. and we were passing it around and then uh I don't I don't I, I I listen you know I I haven't listened to it in years but you know right I, who are you trying to rip off <laughs> and I remember I remember going back at it and and was like uh I was like man you know I wasn't I wasn't really that good and then you know I've been in tons of bands you know from then on. And I wouldn't say that I, I, I mastered the craft of being a, being a vocalist and frontman until maybe like the last, like two or three years. And I'm still learning, you know, as time goes on, I, I learn from uh, all my peers too, you know, like when, when we're on support tours or even headliners, I, I watch every band that's out there, you know, and when I'm home, I watch, uh, I watch videos of bands, you know, performing live literally like every day. It's, it's, it's almost like when my dad and I would, uh, study film and watch like plays like football plays and stuff like that. And we're like, Oh, we should try this and try that. You know, it's, I, I, I've applied that in my life now, you know, with, uh, with music, I'll I'll watch someone like Corpse Grinder or, or Frank Mullen or, um, Carl Willits, and I'm just like, what do what do they do that's so special that's grabbing people? And what do they do that I like with specific things and how can I put my own kind of spin on it or how can I try but obviously fail miserably to make it, you know, better or cooler in some kind of way?
1: Yeah, you're putting in the work. You are I mean, I think it's honestly like, not to armchair psychologist you, but I do think it's an element of, I mean, obviously how you were brought up, but then the idea that you, the, the Midwestern ethic of like, got to put in the work, you know, like not everybody feels the same way about, you know, the art that they create. Like sometimes it's just that, that idea that it's this esoteric thing that, you know, comes raining down from the sky that it's like oh yes like you're just naturally talented and it's like yes talent can get you there but you clearly have to work at it and like you've been able to develop those disciplines through all those other channels and now you're just like oh yeah i'm going to continue to work at it because that's what i know in order to get myself better at the thing
2: yeah yeah absolutely you know i've uh it, it and it's 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 more so it's it's more than just you know even the vocal aspect of it, like I've I've conditioned you know my body a lot too to to grow uh grow accustomed to doing van tours and sleeping in van seats and sleeping on someone's floor you know I, I I've prepared myself for that you know right I've, uh, you know I've lost weight you know like in the in the last year I've lost uh lost like sixty pounds and. I've kept up with like strength training and stuff like that, and you know, because I I didn't want my knees to go out, I didn't want my feet to always hurt. Um, you know, you, you it, it takes more than just being a good vocalist. You know, if if you want to be a showman and a frontman, you're gonna have to move around, you have to jump around. If you, if you expect that kind of reaction out of people, you want them to reciprocate that kind of response uh, to your music, then you gotta you gotta be that 1980s like. Fitness VHS tape, you know, fitness guru, you're you you got to get your Richard Simmons on and start sweating and start moving so people can move with you. Our friends at
1: evilgreed.net want you to know that you can look towards them for a web source solution for your band or record label, but there's a catch there. The fact that they work with a very select few bands and record labels. They honestly act like a record label themselves. And I know I say that week after week, but that's kind of the the vibe they're going for. But what's cool is they are giving you a discount 10% off your entire order by using the promo code 100 words. And why is that cool? It's because you can get your very own pre order botch t shirt. Or maybe you're like, you know what, Uh, that new drain record that's coming out soon. They have a pre order for that. Like I said, they really focus on the type of bands that if you're into one or two bands of a specific genre, you will find so much more at their website, evilgreed.net. And what's even cooler is they ship worldwide very quickly. And us in the States, that is why they want you to order from them because they're seeing an uptick in people showing interest in ordering cool stuff from them. And some of the other record labels they work with, Work with Triple B, Sgt. House Records. The list can go on and on, but trust me, if you like punk, hardcore, or metal that is of the more sort of artistic variety, as it were, you will find so much cool stuff at evilgreed.net and use the promo code one hundred words or less. Check it out.
0: On the idea.
1: when you started to, um, you know, in court, like incorporate all of the ideas that you had for this band. And I mean, clearly there's, you know, the homages to horror are all peppered all over it. Not only from your videos, but lyrics and stuff like that. Mm. Would you, would you say that, uh, I guess, you know, horror and that sort of stuff entered your life first before music, or did they all both kind of go hand in hand?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know I was obsessed with uh movies uh for the longest time you know and and there was never really a there's there's not a huge age gap uh between me and my parents you know my my parents were teenagers when they they started the family that's that's kind of like a pattern and you know in the town that I grew up in you 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 found your high school sweetheart and you married her and you uh you stuck it out for as long as you can and and brought kids brought kids up and I'm a byproduct of that. So, um, you know, the movies that they were watching that they were – that was scaring the shit out of them, you know, they they showed to me so they can make sure I get nightmares. And, uh, you know, I, um, I fell in love with those movies. You know, early on, I was absolutely terrified of them. And then, you know, I, I remember having like – I remember being a kid, I had a sleep paralysis episode uh, where I thought – Linda Blair from the exorcist was at the edge of my bed and that she was lifting my bed up and down. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, and when I like finally like got shaken out of it, like, uh, I just like yelled for my parents. I was like, uh, you're not going to believe this, but from it all, I guess, uh, just watching it so much. And in a way, I guess being desensitized to it. Um, I've grown, uh, a soft spot for, you know, those kinds of movies, especially, uh, especially like psychological thrillers. And, and um, I'm a big, I'm a nerd. So, I, you know, I like, I like a lot of sci-fi horror and stuff too. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, no, I, it is interesting. Cause I do think that because that, mimics a lot of the same feelings like once you start to get into music there's all the subgenres that you could get into and the same sort of thing with you know horror science fiction you can really start to hone not only your preferences but then just be like oh i'm gonna look under this rock of like you said you know psychological horror and it's like oh my gosh there's this whole like this whole <laughs> this whole other element that exists in there. And then you can just start to get really nerdy and obviously follow along with directors and stuff. It's the same sort it scratches the same sort of itch, which I think is interesting because usually people that do get into this type of music, broadly speaking are nerds about film as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's always been a, a topic that's brought up and, you know, I have such a love for, for where I've, you know, I've collected, uh, a number of horror tattoos and stuff. Uh, all me as well. You know, I have like a I have a cannibal holocaust tattoo. I have a uh, spectacular. Tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> I, lo-
1: I love it. But yeah, uh, I mean clearly we could uh, we could probably do in a whole other podcast on uh, all of those uh, you know nerdy subgenres of uh, Italian zombie movies and what have oh, you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> and so w- when you started to you know get attention with the band. And like you said, I mean, you, you know, play the band for about four years now, but you guys have done a, a lot of touring and you've put out a lot of music in a very short period of time. When did it, uh, for lack of a better term, like feel real to you where it's like, oh, wow, there are people that it doesn't even have to be like, oh, we played the biggest show ever or, you know, we got on this tour. I mean, it can be. But like, when did it kind of cross that gap for you for being like, wow, this thing feels like it has a different type of momentum than anything else I've ever done?
2: Yeah, um, there's a there, there's a lot of that. Uh, sure, you know, we, we've we've for some some reason, you know, like you know, a lot of bands like once they, once they get kind of that that take off and you know get get a lot more notoriety, they they have like a over inflated ego. We we all just stay so humble because we're all we're all in you know, other various projects around Ohio and um, you know, like Cody and Cody and said, have volcano uh, Drew's in a band called mutilated. I'm in a band uh, called tomb Sentinel. That's about to start touring and stuff too. And we're all very involved in the DIY scene. So we're just used to going to shows and seeing our friends. So when we go outside of that, we don't really know what to expect because we're so conditioned to seeing like one thing. And, um, And when we do play shows and we see a ton of people and they're all going off we're just like oh oh, maybe maybe what i was thinking before is stupid (laughs) you know like maybe, maybe maybe it's it's cooler than what we think it is and uh you know we're we we humble ourselves a lot just because i i feel like you know being a musician is you know borderline perfectionist complex and you uh you beat yourself up and think you're not good enough, but you got, you got a hundred people that telling you are, no, you are good enough. And that's always a cool thing. And I think one of the first moments where that was a really, that was, you know, becoming clear to me, uh, was when, uh, nah, it's something so small too, which is stupid. I, I'm going to sound such like, no, a- I,
1: I, I, honestly, it's like this, to me, these moments are so beautiful, When they are like extremely small, because it's so it's so specific. Anyways, continue.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm gonna sound like I'm gonna sound like a fan girl here, but it's beautiful. When um when Jacob Bannon uh shouted us out and did this like write up about us, and he put us in his like uh top releases for the year, and it was our demo. I was like, shh. Like we're done yeah yeah like i mean i've done i've i've impressed uh you know a a god in, in in my world man, you know, like converge was uh a huge band that i i, I fell in love with it's still in love with everything they've ever done, you know then they every record's different, and their collaborations that they've done with other bands is phenomenal, and it's uh they they can never do any wrong in my book, and um When he, you know, mentioned us and stuff, I was like, how? And then, you know, I'd hear things like, oh, yeah, you know, I heard about you guys from Todd Jones. And I was like, what? what?" (laughs) Yeah, you're like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, you're pulling my leg. And then, uh, obviously, you know, there's been shows, um, you know, getting the Cannibal Corpse offer. That was uh, a very big moment in my life. And then uh, doing Europe for the first time. Sure. And another one too is like, you know, we, when we were shooting our music videos that we had released uh, recently, we went to uh, New York prior to that. Um, and we were talking about doing a show in New York to have enough funds to, you know, take care of hotels and uh, take care of us while we're, we're out a couple of days shooting. So we played in Amityville, uh, New York, which is basically, you know, on the island, was well, Long Island. And uh, our man, our manager, he knows how much of a big suffocation fan I am. So he was like, you're not going to believe who wants to play this show with you. Like, like they're, they, we, we asked them and they've been wanting to play with you guys for a while. And I was like, I was like, if you're going to tell me suffocation, I'm gonna tell you that you're a freaking liar. And he's like, it's, it's suffocation. And, And we got to play that show and hang out with them. And, and, and they're, I never, you, you know, you you don't you don't realize being uh, behind the barrier, being out in the crowd, like how cool w- one of your favorite bands can be. But you know, touring and we're getting to play shows supporting them, um, you get to find out, man. And that band just happened to be a group of uh, some of the coolest dudes ever. They couldn't be any more cooler, honestly. And then, uh, you know, I got up on stage and did Funeral Inception, which is probably that's one of my favorite songs of theirs and got to perform it like and grab a microphone. And I was just like, this is, you know, what we say in hardcore, like real recognize real, That that's, that's it to a T that's beautiful. I love that.
1: And, uh, the idea of injecting the humor that you guys do, I know, like you said, that is basically your personality. So you felt very, it, it probably would feel stupid if you didn't inject that into the band but uh i know that that has captured a lot of people's attention uh i mean especially with just you know how tongue and cheek you are and how much you um you know it's like oh yeah you know like we've you know we we drop acid every single time we practice or whatever <laughs> just like all that sort of stuff was it kind of just an inevitability that you guys were going to you know inject that sort of humor into it or was that something that just like happened over time
2: yeah yeah, I want to. I want to say on record, like I, please, I'm not a, I'm not a big partier, like at all. I <laughs> sure, I, I can't stand it, and and also like alcohol, just uh, it triggers me. It, I just, it, it, you know, I I I can't stand like drunk and drugged out people. Occasionally, I'll have my fun, but you know, right. All in all, you know that was uh, that was kind of like a one of our ex members that that was their personality was. Kind of got it awesome every day but yeah okay um as far as like you know being funny and and uh injecting you know our personalities that just uh that just came naturally and out of sheer boredom and it was just like you know i just thought of something funny i told everyone else in the band it now i think it's, i think the fans would think it's funny too and uh you know thankfully we've uh had a pretty good uh response with that you know and it's just uh we're all we're all in all about having a good time you know because like i said if 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 i was if i took this way too seriously you know there would be times i would be let down and also if i would if i was so so serious about something as uh bizarre and grotesque as death metal then i wouldn't be the kind of guy that people would enjoy like having interviews or something with, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd be on the FBI's most wanted list. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and I, I just think that, uh, yeah, you know, it was definitely inevitable that it was going to come out. I, I can't, I got to make a joke about something. I got to bust my friend's balls, you know, when, when they need it. Yeah. And, and I got to poke fun, you know, like there, there are things that I do like to make fun of, and there's things about me and our band that I could, I can make fun of. And 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 that's the, that's the best thing about us is that even if someone else outside of us, you know, wants to, uh, make fun of us, they're not going to do it as good as like we can. We, we know us. So we're, uh, we're our biggest target for ourselves in a way. That's all. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's funny. The, uh, kind of sort of adjacent to that is the idea that you know i mean once you started to play shows and have people like you said or like i said pay attention to you and you know just even the notion of printing merch and doing record deals and all that sort of stuff have you felt uh, i guess comfortable with the uh, music industry slash business side of things or is that something that you're just kind of like well i know it's necessary for us to you know, put one foot in front of the other, but I would rather not pay attention to it or what's your, where's your headspace at?
2: Oh man. I, you know, I'm still in such a big DIY mindset that, you know, now that when, now that there's uh, some steam underneath us, it's cool to learn the ins and outs of being a, a professional band and also the ins and outs of booking and managing bands and setting up tours and, even, even as something as setting up merch, you know, like we're always like, how are we going to, how are we going to expand this and keep it growing? You know? So when we, when we're on tour, we use a separate printing press that we do on our website because we want to help the homies. We, you know, like they, they all have small businesses. So we're like, Hey, let's throw them a bone because if, uh, if we're going to be out all the time, then that means they're getting money and then they're going to be happy. And they, uh, that's a, uh, you know, that's a, that's a cool thing. And also like when we, we take what we learn and apply it to like other projects that we're involved in. And, you know, I, I, I just booked a DIY tour for another band of mine. And uh, it's, it's interesting, man, you know, eventually, you know, it's something that we've done like the past year is any profit that we really get from merchandise and, and um touring and stuff you know we put that back into the band we've we've built like a, a home studio that we were we rehearse at and when we rehearse we stay the night with each other about like two nights out the week and um it's it's helped us tremendously you know we we even recorded our our albums uh ourself and then uh for this record we had uh kurt blue uh, uh, mix it which is badass, man. It, huge hero of mine, but, uh, right. You know, like that's, that's, that's the kind of like the big move for us now is, uh, how can we take like what we make of this and invest it in us and also explore other outlets? Like I've, I, you know, I used to, uh, I used to work at a printing press. So I, then I was just like, you know, what if I, what if I buy like a seven station or six or seven station, uh, screen press and like an automatic dryer and maybe we could print our own merch and You know, we could take that money and put it into something else that we want to do. And, you know, just just in case that this doesn't go on forever, there's other outlets where we can still have our hands in the pot in some kind of way. And because I don't I I don't want to go back to a blue collar job or a white collar like pencil pushing job. I want to I want to be involved with music, man, because it's uh, it's literally the greatest thing in the entire world. Sure. Uh,
1: two last things I wanted to hit on was the idea that when you, uh, you know, when you start to tour and obviously spend a lot of time on the road, there is an expectation of, or there's a perception of what it'll be like before you do it. And then clearly after you've done it for, you know, as long as you have and experiencing different types of touring, do you uh, you know what's your relationship with it uh, now? Is it one of those things where you like elements of it, but then other things suck? What's the what's yeah. your uh, your take on that?
2: Um, you know, it's still all very exciting to me, man. To be honest with you, I'm more comfortable in my skin, and I'm more comfortable with life when I'm on the road. And uh, you know, you you look you look at bands like. Like I, I even know bands that, that they tour in separate tour buses because they can't stand one another. Right. And the guys I'm in a band with, we're, we're all best friends. We don't go far back that much, but you know, uh, to me, like they're people that I feel like I've, I've grown up with and being close corners, you know, if something's bothering somebody else, we're, we're comfortable with enough each other with the, We're comfortable with each other enough and confident in our friendship uh, enough to like intervene and be like, "Yo, what's wrong? How can I help you?" And you know, we we rely on each other. I I, I have com- I have deep conversations with everyone in my band, and it's it's a huge bonding experience. Literally every tour, and it's uh, it's it's sick, man. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Not, the the only thing that the only thing that I'm like eh, about sometimes is when we have a three o'clock load in and it's, it's like the show doesn't start until eight. We're like, what are we supposed to right. do? <laughs> you know? And, and, and if you're playing in a big, like busy city too, it's like, if you move your van, good luck getting that parking spot again. You know what I'm yep. saying? So you gotta take, you gotta take that, that opportunity to park in front of that venue while you, know, while you can, So it's like sick. Now I can't leave if I wanted to. So I I gotta, I gotta, I gotta play. I I gotta cosplay as uh, Dora the Explorer and bust out my map and see what's a, where's a good uh, vegan spot to eat, and or where's a cool record store I could check out. So
1: that's as as you become an adult. There's like just (laughs) those those things where it's like. All right. Show me your best record store. Show me your yeah. best, uh, you know, vegan spot. Show me some good coffee, and then yeah, then we can play a good show.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, and that's the thing too is like we hate, we don't hate it, but like we're not too huge on like sound check because we do know like as a room gets more packed, it's gonna sound different regardless. You know, because yeah. like, yeah, the sound check's cool. It sounds really cool out there and in the monitors. But then now you just added like 300 like screaming people, at, you know, at the, and it it doesn't sound the same. And also like we have to put up our stuff and then take it back down or uh, keep it in the back as a back line. And it's just like we're so quick at that. It's not it's not that it's irritating. It's just that we're so quick at loading it, loading in and taking down. out. That it almost feels like sound checking and getting there that early is just not a necessity of ours. Yeah.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like something you have yeah, it's something you're like you use that time to be like, all right, is our stuff broken? Do our amps work? Like how much are we gonna bum out the sound guy? Like those are the necessary things, but not the actual, okay, like we sound good. I don't know what we're gonna sound like when we actually play. It's a whole different ballgame.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you know, thankfully i've had uh, I've had friends like if you know if I go to a, a city that I know people, I'll, I'll link up, and you know they'll they'll take me out of the venue or they'll drive me around or something, and I get to I get to hang out until you know until I have to put on uh, my game face. But right um, when, when it's cities that's not like that, I'm just like, man, I need. I need something cool to look at <laughs> like, totally, you know?
1: Yeah. That's a, the uh, The last thing I wanted to hit on was the idea that, I mean, you, like you mentioned previously, you are existing in a lot of other bands and musical projects, like, you know, I- exploring stuff with, you know, Skag, your D beat stuff. And obviously yeah. uh, being able to do all of these things, is, uh, has that always kind of been your mode to be doing a lot of different stuff uh, at one given moment? Or is that just because you are kind of taking these opportunities as they come because it's, you know, fun to
2: collaborate with friends? That's, yeah, that's mainly it. You know, that's, okay. um, we, uh, you know, like me and Cody are in a couple different projects together, and it's only because, like, the funnest thing that me and him could ever do together is just come out with a band and out of thin air. You know, we, we, we call it instant gratification. It's when we literally record a demo uh, in one day and um, it could be any kind of band, any kind of style. And we just go all in on it. And um, you know, that's, that's always, it's always fun, man. Like it's cool to, you know, go home and do your homework and come back with some ideas and carve out some things. But it's also just really cool to jam, dude. You know, and just think of stuff off the dome, and and you surprise yourself with how how cool it is. You know, and that's uh, it's always fun, man. You know, my even when I'm not jamming or writing or working, my mind is always going. You know, the carnival is just on full blast, like that, 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 right? Doesn't yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm always I'm always working, even when I'm not. Even when I'm asleep, I'm I'm dreaming about playing shows or, or writing music. You know. Yeah, you're 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 scheming. You're scheming. Yeah. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Scheming. <laughs> and actually, that that uh made me think of one last thing I want to ask you was the idea that uh because you even though stylistically you are firmly planted within the death metal world, you've clearly toured with a lot of different bands from a lot of different genres and it seems like and this is of course just my outside observation uh you know the internet hasn't blown back on you guys where it's just like why are you touring with terror and why are you you know touring with acacia straight and near the knife and then all of a sudden going on tour with you know cannibal corpse or whatever it seems like the blowback hasn't been you know harsh on you guys would you agree with that? Or has it been, you know, people are questioning some of those motives that you guys have to be, uh, you know, you you shouldn't be cross pollinating, so to speak.
2: Yeah. um, No. Yeah. I'm, I'm generally surprised. Like not a lot of people have been giving us any flack about it because, uh, you know, there, there, there have been tour offers that we've turned down, not, not for like aesthetic wise, like we, we hardly ever turned down anything. It's not because like we don't like that, band or anything like that or we're excited not excited but but yeah i mean i've we've had like one or two people like say like to us you know why this band and it's just like oh we want to try something different and then they're like all right well that makes sense there's like it yeah you know so um but i you know i used to i i, I even saw it on my facebook like years ago like i put all my memories it said uh Man, why is uh, suffocation torn with a bunch of deathcore bands? And then I was like, "Well, now I know why." Because it's it's cool, man, to branch out, and you know, and those bands are cool in their own way. We might not play a similar style of music, but it's kind of sick that those bands and their fans have welcomed us with uh, open arms. And you know, some being the oddball band on a on a bill is cool, dude. we we're, we're we just. Uh, Check this out. We just confirmed a show with Citizen, of uh, of all bands. So it's beautiful. Yeah, you know, luckily, like uh, Drew, our uh, guitarist, he he works with uh, the bassist of Citizen, so we we arranged that, and um, yeah, like we found out found out all kinds of stuff. Like the Newfound Glory guys like us, and we're like, yeah. <laughs>
0: well,
1: or, I I I think it is there. Uh, especially too, like as you start to recognize that a band kind of echoing back to how we started the conversation when bands are you know real and they're showing themselves as plainly as can be regardless of the genre you're just going to be like all right like this is cool and i respect this you know and i, I think that's you know, again, why people are are gravitating towards you guys? Not only because you're good, but again, you're just you know real humans playing this music. And yeah, that's uh, it's cool to be able to hear all of those <laughs> random notes of like, oh wow, I never thought uh, Chad Gilbert would be repping repping our band, but here we are.
2: Uh, no, I, yeah, would have never thought that. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's cool, man. Because like, you know, they even tell us sometimes like what they what they like about it and. You know, they, they like that it's that we're as people, like not as like serious or militant and it's like, yeah, you know, like how it's, I, 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 last interview I did with, you know, they, they, we kind of came up with an to to say it best. Like it's, it's brutal death metal, not for everybody, but for some people it's for the craft beer, like hipsters. It's for the hardcore kids. It's for, uh, You know, we try to be everybody's band with playing music that isn't suitable really for everybody at the same time. For sure, for sure. Well,
1: uh, Devin, thank you very much for letting me bounce around your brain and uh, be able to take you to these random places. But I I genuinely appreciate you hanging out, man.
2: Yeah, likewise. It was good talking to you.
1: There we go. That was Devin. And thank you very much for him spending time and, uh, my friend Tim, who does his publicity. It was a great, great conversation. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I cannot wait to watch Sanguisug Abog. Sanguisug Abog. <laughs> It's, I'll never be able to pronounce it right. But, again, that's part of the charm of the band. You can just look at them and be like, oh, dude, Sanguisa Bog, or whatever, and uh, people will know what you're talking about. But they crush, and go check them out as they get out there on the road and play some shows in front of you, hopefully. Next week is a fun, fun show, as usual, because I'm never, like I said at the top of the episode, I'm never bringing you a sleeper, and if I do, I'm just not going to publish it. <laughs> that's That's the reality. Next week, I have... Tepe Teranishi from Thrice. I have collected all the members of Thrice with the exception of Dustin and uh, no particular reason. I just uh, have neglected to reach out to him to be like, yo, let's let's podcast. These are gentlemen I've known for 20 plus years and it's very fun for me to have these discussions with them because uh, even I find out more things about them when I ask them these really pointed questions. But uh, Tepe has been a person who I care about greatly and was excited to have him on the podcast so that's what we do next week, and uh, like I mentioned, go to ldbfestival.com. You can find some tickets, and uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I look forward to those of you that are going to that fest and uh, give me a high five or just hang out, whatever you want to do. I'm not, I'm not your boss. You get it. Anyways, until then, please be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
0: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
0: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
0: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride.
1: With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own.